everybody, and welcome to Taking Control, the ADHD podcast on Rashpixel.fm. I'm Pete Wright, and I'm here with Nikki Kinzer. Hello. Kinzer, Kinzer, Kinzer. Pete, 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 Pete. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Happy day. Happy day. Last week we did a, an episode where I was thinking, and then you tell me now that you were thinking too, and that's, that's what this episode I is. Know. It's a thinking episode. There is so much thinking going around. Uh, if I only had a brain. I know. The uh, we're, we're talking about, uh, it's kind of a broad concept. I can't wait for you to eliminate. To, uh, <laughs> Talk to about it? I know. To illuminate, <laughs> to illuminate this one for me because I'm, I'm a little tongue twisted by it. Before we jump in, head over to TakeControlADHD.com. Get to know us a little bit better. Listen to the show on the website. Please sign up for the mailing list. It's the best way to find out if you uh, if you're going to miss an episode. You, you'll never miss them if you sign up for that uh, for that mailing list. And connect with us on Twitter or Facebook at Take Control ADHD. Our number five zero three six six four four ADD. You can get your voice, your thoughts, your questions on this show. We'd love to hear from you. Okay, the big question that you have for this episode, Nikki Kinzer, mm-hmm. how do you show up? In your life. Yep. <laughs> so let's just all, all, everybody just ponder that just for a minute. Settle in. <laughs> Think about that. What are you going to do with it? I have no idea. <laughs> Roll it around. Yeah. It, it, you know, I'll got to tell you where this inspiration came from. And some of you Please listening do. right now is going to know, they're going to know exactly where it came from because they've probably heard it too on the TV. So one mm-hmm. day I had the TV on and I wasn't even watching the TV. It was just in the background. And I heard Oprah <laughs> ask yes. uh, somebody, you know, how do they show up in their life? And it was a Weight Watchers commercial is what I found out later. <laughs> <laughs> so my guess is that oh, she... the talking box is just full of surprises. I know. So my, my guess, because I again, I wasn't paying attention to the TV, is that she was asking this other Weight Watchers person how she shows up in her life now. I didn't, I don't know how this person shows up in her life now. I didn't even get that far because seriously, the question was asked and I just, I mean, I, crickets, hmm, how do I show up in my life? And so I've been thinking about it and I thought, if this is, if this is something I'm hanging on to and you know what, when I hang on to stuff, I want to talk about it. And so here we are today talking about how we show up in our lives. What did you come up with? I don't know. Still oh. trying to figure it out. No, I actually did come up with some stuff, but it did make me question it. It's like, do I show up in my life? How how yeah. how do I show up in my life? You know. Well, it's sort of there are mo- so many questions that seem to be buried in that one question, right? There, there's this idea of of how do I show up in my life? Like, uh, how do I um, how do I become an active participant? In my life, well, you know what I mean? Yes, because I think that that's exactly it. How do you become an active participant? Because we tend to run on automatic pilot, right? Yes. We do the same thing over and yeah. over again every day, every night, um, routines. And these things change. I mean, you know, depending on the chapter where you are in your life, you know, my life today is not the same as it was five years ago. Um, so things change, but yes, it's like, how do you, how do you show up? How do you participate? And I thought that this was a good subject too, because we have spent so much time in the last few weeks talking about limiting beliefs and, uh, these things that are keeping us stuck. And, 
you know, I've learned some, some great nuggets from the people that we've interviewed and I keep thinking about those things. And so, yeah, I mean, I think I've, I have spent some time trying to figure out where I show up and I would love to hear from the audience, you know, after they listen, where they feel like they show up. Um, before mm-hmm. I tell you my perspective though, Pete, I'm curious about what you think when you hear this question. Do you know the well, answer I, for you? Uh, well, I'm with you. I I feel like it just it's a question that leads to more questions. I the, the second part of my observation before was that you know it's kind of the second question that's buried in this is is not just how I show up like how I participate in life, but what is the impact that I am making on the world day to day, right? How do I appear in the world? And it makes me think about, do you remember that that story? I'm sure I told it uh, long ago about the three theories of death or the three deaths. Do you remember this? No. Okay, so the three deaths, just briefly, it says uh, the first death is the literal death, right? The, the, the physical death where the body stops, right? That's, that's death number one. Death number two is the ceremonial death where this, this now empty shell of a body is put in a box or, put, or cremated. And people, like this, the people that were close to that person, come to celebrate the life that was, right? That's the second death, the ceremonial death. And the third death occurs after the last time anyone that is still alive utters your name. So the the image that is planted in this short story that I read about this is, is that everybody who is dead is sitting in this sort of waiting room playing chess, right, in this afterlife, and only after the last time somebody speaks their name are they allowed to go through this last door, right? which I find to be <laughs> wow. a remarkable <laughs> metaphor, right? It is so deep, but that is the impact of how you present in life and, the, and, and what you want to leave behind. Like, you're sitting in a room which is now full of, like, Socrates and Aristotle and Einstein right all these people who can't die because we keep talking about them like you name a bridge after some guy and he's going to be sitting there with einstein forever Ever, yeah because that bridge is always going to people will keep uttering his name and and so that is that's like the second definition that really pains me when i think too deeply about it because the first one is i need to be i need to show up to do the work that i've committed to do in the world to make it a better place or a more interesting place or a funnier place and i also want to make sure that the people I interact with that I've shown up in a way that they'll remember me appropriately. Yeah. Yeah. That's deep. I just, I, I know I'm sorry. No, but it's so sorry. You sort of asked a trigger question. Yeah, no, no, no. That's really good because when I was thinking about this, I wasn't necessarily thinking of it in that perspective. So we're giving two different perspectives, which I think is fantastic because I totally agree with you because when you, when you think about how how do other people view you or perceive you, you know, do they think of you as a negative person? Do they think of you as an optimistic person? Do they get positive energy from you or negative energy from you? Um, yeah. All of those things. I mean, very important. So yes, I'm going to add that to my list as far as like, how am I showing up? What What is the... Um, perception that I, that I want to give. Yeah. 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 Well, and that's a very simple pivot like this. How do I show up and how am I showing up? Right. 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 That I like the way you said that because that's, that was not that that's a very simple way to say what I said very complicatedly. No, I, I, I get it. I hear you. Okay. Okay, So what I was thinking is more, I guess it almost sounds more selfish now because I was like really (laughs) thinking more about like, what am I doing to make myself happy? (laughs) 
<laughs> not everybody else. So you are just much more giving than I am, I guess. Uh, <laughs> no, but this is where I went. It is, you know, I, I would say a few years ago, um, I was in a place where I didn't want to be on autopilot anymore. And so that's when I really started to study um, more about uh, mindfulness and meditation and um learning more about the Dalai Lama, which I mentioned last week, uh, and yeah. uh, Buddhism, you know, just as a whole and kind of the theory behind that. And that was a real um, changing point for me in my life. I think of where I show up is really being more present. And so practicing mindfulness um, has been a big change, I think, for me. Taking notice when something is really important and being aware of what's around me when that's happening and, um, you know, really going into it, leaning into it, I guess, is what some people would say. Listening yeah. and hearing and smelling and what am I feeling and uh, really noticing beauty around me. Uh, I think especially outside our nature has been something that has definitely um, made me feel more present in my life. So if I notice a beautiful sunset or a sunrise, or I see a landscape that I just think is gorgeous, I, I talk about it. And I, I have fortunately, uh, my kids, especially my son has um, taken up that as a hobby, he loves taking photos of sunsets. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. And so, you know, to me, that's really nice. So, and I think it's also um, coming from a place of gratitude and not coming from a place where you feel less than. And what I mean by that, and this is something that I learned from my mentor coach many, many years ago, is I, she would hear me talk and she would say, well, you're coming from a place where you feel like you have less than enough and like, it's not good enough. And I'm like, Oh, and it was a real eye opener for me to kind of see that it's okay to want more for your life. It's okay to want to better ourselves, but it's also, we're really good at where we are right now too. And being grateful of mm -hmm. where we are right now. Like that's a good place too. Right. And it kind of goes back to yeah. what we were saying last week when we were talking about kind of that, where is that value, you know, um, and seeing that. what Well, and, and to, to never, never, ever let go of the fact that, that you are living in a, a, a place of privilege. Right. 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 And, and uh, me too. I mean, I, you know, I was thinking about this conversation last week about, you know, as I start running through like, oh my God, how ridiculous is it that I have these subscriptions, nickel and dime subscriptions that add up to a big number. And that is a, that's an annualized number that for me, that I come to it from a place not of gratitude that it's it sounds ridiculous mm -hmm. and spoiled and like that has been a real wake-up call for me too that i'm i i'm coming from a place of great privilege mm -hmm. that we can even do this mm -hmm. stuff um, well and and so it's interesting because i had a conversation um uh, about a week ago with some new people that don't know me very well. And, uh, they were asking about what I do for a living and it's really hard to explain yeah. <laughs> when people, first of all, may not even know 
much about ADHD, but they don't know anything about coaching. Um, yeah. And to try to explain how I work from home and I have this online business as well. And it's, it's hard to explain. And somehow we got into the conversation um, that in the summer, I switched my hours because my kids are home. We tend to stay up late and we, we, um, wake up late. So a lot of times in the summer, I don't start working until about 10 o'clock. And somebody said, Oh, well, sign me up for that. That sounds great. Yeah. And there was a piece of me that almost felt bad. Like I felt bad. And, yeah. but I didn't apologize for it. I just actually sat back and I just said, you know, I'm really grateful to be doing what I'm doing. And I, I love yeah. what I do and, and it gives me that flexibility. And I just left it at that. No, no, no. But you know, you're there, it comes from this place again of gratitude, but, but also of experience, right? That, that what is, what is lost in these momentary assumptions that we make about people mm-hmm. are, is the, the, you know, the absence of, you know, 25 years of working really hard, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. <laughs> to to learn what you have learned to work the job that you work jobs that you work to be experienced and now to be able to be sort of in this period where you are teaching others and helping others it's like you are where you need to be and you can be both gracious and appreciative of it but also own it yes yes yeah i appreciate that pete thank you yeah yeah, yeah. Well, it's hard welcome. to own sometimes right cuz you're just it's, really it's hard, hard. To own. but yeah. okay so i'm going to get off of that and go back yes. to the <laughs> of how do i show up so I watched this documentary um, about a year ago, and it was about being happy. And one of the things that really stuck with me is they said that one of the things that happy people do is they say yes to more things. Now, that kind of contradicts when we talk about boundaries, right? Because we're saying, right. no, you should say no to more things. Um, don't say yes to everything. But this is a different kind of yes. This is yeah. the kind of yes where it's getting you out of your comfort zone and the sense that you're doing something fun, something different, and you're building a memory that you wouldn't have had otherwise. So we're not talking about, hey, can you bake cookies for the church every Sunday, right? You may not have time mm-hmm. for that, but this is your friend calling you up and say, Hey, do you want to go to the lake for the day? Or do you want to go on a hike and go somewhere that you've never been? Um, or maybe you just have an opportunity. Um, you know, I'll share a personal story. My husband and I have this opportunity to go to Hawaii and under other circumstances, this would not be an affordable trip. And Mm -hmm. there are probably a million reasons why we could have said no to this. But under the circumstances that we have been given, we can afford it. And so Mm -hmm. my, my conversation with my husband was, we need to have this experience because this is an opportunity that we probably won't get again. Yes, we may need to put some money on the credit card, but we'll pay it off. It'll be okay. And our kids are going to love this experience. We're going to love it as a family and we're going to build a really great memory. And to me that mm-hmm. that is showing up in my life. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and it doesn't really have powerful. to be a trip. And I, I don't no. want to say, oh, you have to do these big trips. You have to go to Hawaii. <laughs> yeah. Quick, everybody go finance a trip no. to Disney World. You, you, know? yeah. you, I mean, depending on where you live, like we, we live an hour away from the Pacific Ocean. So we could, you know, you could take a day trip to the beach or, um, you know, if you live in Colorado, take a day trip to the beautiful mountains that you are surrounded by. I mean, yeah. you know. Well, you know, my, my, my greatest memories as a kid 
my greatest memories as a kid were these days when, uh, you know, anytime a new Star Wars, Star Trek, or James Bond movie opened, back when it those were really a big deal, right? It just yes. it wasn't a blockbuster every other week. And my dad would come into the into my bedroom and he would say, hey, how you feeling this morning? You look a little sick. Are you sick? And I'd say, yeah, I think I'm sick. And he'd say, yeah, I'm feeling sick. I don't think I can go to work today. <laughs> Okay. And we would go to op- the first show opening morning of, of whatever that movie was. And I cherish those. Yeah. And I think about those days with my kids. And I think, what am I saying no to? Because I'm not being more intentional about this. I mean, we're taking three hours off. We're taking a sick day of school. Like, we'll make up the work. Right. But to go have fun with my kids on a on a thing that was very important to us as, you know, father, son, like I, I can't get that back. No, no, absolutely not. Well, and, and you're building relationships and that would be the other thing, not only about family, but friendships, friendships are important. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think that it's really easy to say no to the person who's asking you out for dinner or lunch or, Hey, you want to meet for drinks after work or whatever it may be, because you've got all these other things. And I know for me personally, when I do say yes, and I'm like, you know, I, I, I go do those things. I'm always so grateful. I'm always, I always feel so connected when I meet up with old friends and new friends. Like there's something Mm -hmm. about it that's really good for your soul. (laughs) And those are the things that, yes, they're not always easy to do and they can be really inconvenient. And, and maybe you do have to drive far, you know, to do that or whatever, but, but they, they really do mean something. And that's something I would really encourage people to do. Um, yeah. So, you know, that's kind of what I have thought about when I'm thinking, okay, how do I show up? It's those little things. Not only, like I said, it's not just the big trips and stuff like that, but it's just the everyday noticing, you know, when my, when I watch my kids play sports, you know, that's something that I really, make sure that the distractions are off, which is the phone, you know, the phone is mm-hmm, put in my mm-hmm. purse and, and I'm watching them. I'm really watching them and, and paying attention because as we've talked about before, they know if you're watching or not. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So I would love to challenge our listeners to tell us how you show up in your life, um, and where you would like to show up more right? Because I think this is all a work in progress. Um, and how can you do that? You know, either with what we've talked about, or if you have some different ways on how you do that, I think this is really important because this is about happiness. This is about, you know, your, your, just your enjoyment of life, your quality of life is what I was looking for. Yeah. So, well, and peace. I mean, the the fact that, that, uh, you know, I, I, you said it at the end there, but I just want to add this this kind of ADHD spin on it. Like when I find it, it's really hard to get over the hump and actually say yes to those kinds of things. But when I do the, it pays dividends for days, Mm -hmm. right? I, I have, it's, it's, I, I don't know. I, I, find myself getting over that sort of anxiety, whether it's social anxiety or work anxiety or whatever, it's, it's, it's tends to be sort of magnified more than I recognize it should be. Mm-hmm. But once I do, uh, it, it's, it feels really, really good. Awesome. There you go. Awesome. Thank you, Nikki. So deep. I'm a deep thinker. <laughs> you are a thinker. That's the truth. That's Thank right. you, everybody, for uh, for downloading and listening to this show. Please, please, please share your thoughts. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, uh, most of all, thanks for your, uh, as always, your time and attention for downloading and listening to 
this week's show. On behalf of Nikki Kinzer, I'm Pete Wright, and we will catch you next week right here on Taking Control, the ADHD podcast. <laughs>